All right, Jabosai, good evening, good evening. Let us begin today's na- tonight's daf, tonight's Amid. Tes Zayin, Amid Aleph, 16a. We're starting a brand new Mishnah. Again, a tremendous, tremendous Shkayach to Shmuel Armin for the, uh, for the beautiful array of drinks over here. We're, Baruch Hashem, we've graduated now to two, uh, what is that called, the carafe? What do you call that? Tea? A carafe. Yeah? A pitcher? That's not a pitcher. It's not a... In Frederick, it's a trough. That's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> All right, whatever. Whatever, you know. I'm glad. Good. All right. Anyway, delicious tea. Well, let's say, let's, let's begin. So we're at the Mishnah. Ha'omnin. So we'll say a really interesting, a really interesting Mishnah. And so get ahead of us tonight. Ha'omnin. Korin baro sha'ilam. So we'll say, still talking about Shema, but a very interesting case over here that gets into what happens if somebody is a hired worker. So obviously, again, I'm on the job. I'm on the job. And now it's time for Kriyashma. So what should I do? So the Mishnah says, Ha'umnin Workers, read on the top of the tree. Now obviously what we're talking about over here, Rashi says over here, So we'll say, so just imagine the following situation. A guy is, a, is an agricultural worker. We'll call him Ruvain. What's Ruvain's job? Ruvain's job is to climb into the trees. 16a at the Mishnah. Ruvain's job is to climb into the trees, right, and collect the fruit from the trees. As he's up there in the tree, it's time for Shema. Time for Shema. So let's talk about this. What are his options? Option number one. Option number one. Come down from the tree, right? What's the problem with option number one? What's the problem with that? He's on the clock. First of all, he may miss it, but let's even assume there's enough time to get up and down. Remember, he's on the clock, Remember, if somebody's paying you, somebody's paying you, you know, this, this, this is a very important halacha, especially like contemporarily, right? Somebody's, somebody has a job, they're getting paid by an employer. So remember, again, contrary to popular opinion, like you're not allowed to spend your day on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I know it comes as a shock, right? But, but, la, maisa, but la maisa, you're not allowed to do that. Why? Because again, you're being paid, you're ultimately being paid for a service. So because you're being paid for a service, you don't have a right to take care of your Oh, no, no, no different than you don't have the right to go in and pick up your dry cleaning, you know, in the middle of your work. If your employer gives you permission, that's one thing. But if you're on the clock and you're being paid, you have an obligation to provide complete attention to the, to the, to the, to the employer. So therefore, in this interesting case over here, Ruvain's up in the tree. He's collecting produce. It's time for Shema. So I, I'd be tempted to say, you know what, come down from the tree, say Shema. The problem is the amount of time coming down from the tree and then going up in the tree is lost time, is lost work time. So therefore, the Mishnah says, what does he do? Now, the Mishnah gives two examples. Nidbach is like a stone wall. So if you can imagine, it's like a mason, right? So what is a mason doing? You know, as the wall gets taller, so he's on top of the wall laying, laying the bricks or laying the stones. So now what ends up happening is, again, he could either come down, say Shema. Mishnah says, don't come down and say Shema. Instead, stay shema, say Shema where you are. That's what it means. So again, the workers, workers, laborers, so ultimately they say Shema wherever they are. Now this is interesting, that the Mishnah says, you could do this with Shema, but you can't do it with Shemona Esrei. Why can't you do it with Shemona Esrei? So Rashi says over here, Remember again, Shemona Esrei is a supplicatory prayer, and therefore, and it requires a heightened level of attentiveness. 
a heightened level of kavanah, of concentration. Therefore, Rashi says, Hilchach, ein mispalalin barosha ilan barosha nidbach, de mistifei dilma nafli, de ein yucholim la'amot sham ela ayadeh adchak. Now, this is interesting. Chevra, what's the problem with davening in a tree? What's the problem with davening in a tree? Concentration. concentration. Why? What's the issue with your concentration? Takes a lot of concentration just to ensure you're not going to fall out of the tree. So that concentration is there. So therefore, again, the Mishnah says something very interesting. So Shema, which the Mishnah says doesn't require Shema, doesn't require Kavana. Now, what we're going to see is it doesn't mean that Shema doesn't require Kavana. It just means that Shema requires less Kavana for a more consolidated amount of time. So therefore, you could say Shema up in the tree. You could say Shema on the top of the wall. But for Shemona Esrei, the halacha is you need to come down. Because Shemona Esrei cannot be said in the tree or on top of the wall because Shemona Esrei requires a heightened level of kavano. Okay, again, we'll delve into this a little bit more. An interesting case. A chasen, a man getting married, is pater from Shema on his wedding night and until Matzei Shabbos. Now we'll have to see what that halacha means until Matzei Shabbos. Imlo if he has not yet consummated the marriage. The idea being, we've actually seen this reference before, that when a man gets married, he's preoccupied with the biasness, he's preoccupied with the act of intimacy, and therefore he lacks the, 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 the bandwidth, he lacks like the, the kavana to be able to say shema. So as a result, what Chazal did, what the rabbis did, is they exempted him from shema for a certain amount of time until he actually consummates the relationship, the marriage. So the Mara tells a story, Maisa, Uberam Gamdel Shanasa Isha, the Kara Laila Harishona. So what happened? Rabbi Gamliel tells her, Rabbi Gamliel got married. Rabbi Gamliel got married. And what happens? The night of his wedding. And can you imagine the scene, the night of the wedding. And after the chuppah, they're making a mincha, they're making a minyan for Mayriv. And who joins in? Rabbi Gamliel, the chasen. The chasen joins in. They say, Rabbi, amrilo tamidav. The maratana rabbeinu shechasen pater mikriyashma. Rebbe, you taught us that a chasen is exempt from Shema because he can't have the requisite kavana because he's preoccupied with the act of intimacy. This is an interesting exchange. Rebbe says, I'm not listening to you guys. I'm not listening to you guys to miss out on the opportunity to sanctify the name of heaven or to accept upon myself the yoke of heaven. So the exchange is a little bit strange. We'll have to see exactly in the Gemara what it means. Beautiful. So let's analyze. So remember, the first halacha that the Mishnah introduced us to, there's really like a bunch of halachas operating here in the same time. So number one is the idea that when you're on the clock, when you're on the clock, your employer owns your time which means that you cannot use your time for anything other than your employment. So I'm a worker, I'm in the tree, it's time for Shema. Mishnah says, no, 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 don't come down, don't come down, Davin Shema where you are. Shemona Esrei, a bit different. Shemona Esrei requires Kavani, you're going to have to come down. But Shema, stay in the tree, Shema, stay, on, stay, stay, on top, stay and stay on top of the Workers, we'll say Oman is like a laborer, a worker, says Shema in the, in, in the tree or on the top of the wall. And they could damage Shemona Esrei on top of the olive tree or on top of the fig tree. Now, this seems to be a contradiction, right? But all other trees, for all other trees, you have to come down the tree and then damage Shemona Esrei. So there seems to be something unique about the olive tree and the fig tree. Rashi points out what's unique about them. They have very thick branches. So because they have very thick branch cover, essentially you could stand there 
without being afraid of falling down. So interesting, right? So normally, again, remember, let's take a step back. Part of, why, what do we say before? If you're in the tree, you have to come down for Shemona Why do you have to come down for Shemona Why? Why? Shemona requires a heightened level of Kavana. And Bepashtos, you're not going to have that level of Kavana while standing in the tree. So now the Bryce says, is an exception. There are certain trees with much thicker canopies, much thicker branch covers, much sturdier. And therefore, again, if you stand in the fig tree or you stand ultimately again in the olive tree, you're safe and secure. You could daven Shmona Esrei up there. But all other trees, if you're working in them, you need to come down and daven Shmona Esrei. Now listen to this. Ubalabayis. Now, I remember again, this halacha about people davening in the trees only applies to who? Only applies to who? The workers. Because the workers are on the clock. But the balabais, the balabas, who's the balabas? Right? Who's the balabas? He's, he's the guy who owns the trees. So we'll say, what's the halacha if the guy who owns the trees is up in the trees working? What's the halacha? He's got to come down. Why? Why? He's on his own clock. Which I will say is a, is a very is a very profound yisod in general, right? That a lot of times in life we encounter this conflict, not conflict even like, but like tension between our parnasa, right, and our ruchnius and our ruchnius. And sometimes there are certain things we have to give up, you know, or some sometimes certain things that like kind of get pushed to the side because of our parnasa. But a person also has to be very honest with themselves about what are the things they can control, they can't control, right? So if I'm the balabas, you know, I could control how early I set the meetings, right? So that I can stay in shul until the end of chakras. You know, again, if I'm the balabas, sometimes I'm not the balabas, right? Sometimes I'm just, I'm the uman, I'm the laborer, and I just have to show up when I have to show up. But again, it's important to understand that sometimes we kind of get our, so we kind of compromise on our spirituality for the sake of our livelihood, which sometimes we don't have a choice on, but other times to recognize, I do have the choice. Sometimes I'm the balabas, I'm in charge, and I can decide how to structure things and have to make sure that my ruchnius never takes a hit because of my parnosa. Incredible. Now in general, why do you have to come down from the tree? You have to come down from the tree to daven Shmona Esrei because, again, a person doesn't usually have good kavana when davening inside of the tree. Okay. Rami le Rav Mari berei de Bashmuel le Rava. Suppose it's very interesting. So Rav Mari, the son of the daughter of Shmuel, said to Rava. Now, obviously, from the beginning, you recognize that this is strange. Why, why is this strange? Because generally, again, remember, people are identified by their father's name. Yet here you have, again, Rav Mari is known as the son of the daughter of Shmuel. What about his father? He was show you an incredible Rashi. Look at Rashi. In other places, he's just known as Rav Mari Bar Rachel. Rav Mari, the son of Rachel. Why is he known by his mother's name and not his father's name? This is incredible Rashi. He says, Listen to this. Rav Mari's... Rav Mari's mother, who was the daughter of Shmuel. So Shmuel's daughter was taken captive. Was taken captive. When she was taken captive, ultimately again, she was, she became pregnant. She became pregnant in captivity by one of her captors. A man by the name of Isser. Interesting name, right? Right, Isser. That was the name Isser. Now watch this. The story gets more intriguing. Isser, now she becomes pregnant in captivity from a non-Jewish man. Now remember again, what's the relationship between the child of a Jewish mother and his non-Jewish biological father? 
no, no halachic relationship there. So that's why, again, interestingly enough, Rav Murray, Rav Murray is known by his mother's name, not by his father's name. So he's known as either, you know, Rav Murray bar Rachel, or ultimately, again, Rav Murray barad debas Shmuel, Rav Murray, the son of Shmuel's daughter. Now, I will say an interesting plot twist, the captor, Isser, converts. He converts. So it turns out that Rav Murray's biological father was Jewish. But here's the interesting, like, 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 happiness, which is, because he wasn't Jewish at the time of Rav Murray's conception, therefore, halachically, he doesn't have the status of his father. Right? So you hear this? So in, in essence, Rav Murray had, technically speaking, two Jewish parents. But only one of them was his halachic parent, which was his mother. His father, who originally was the Gentile who impregnated this captive Jewish girl, ultimately converts afterwards and is Jewish, but is not recognized as Rav Murray's halachic, halachic father. Just an interesting idea. Let's say, you know, there's a tremendous Moser Haskell in this also. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't choose the family that you're born into. Right? But at the end of the day, life is about what you choose to make of yourself. You know, people, you know, in general, like, you know, Freud, you know, Freud was all about this concept that our relationship with our parents is what primarily defines who and what, who and what we are. The truth is, even before Freud said it, the Archaim HaKadosh said it, right? By Armavinu Lech Lecha Me'artzecha Mimoladetcha Umibesavicha. The Archaim HaKadosh says, what do you mean Mibesavicha from your father's home? You can't go ahead and choose your family. You know, Avram didn't have the easiest relationship with his father. You know, Terach, Terach had Avram thrown into a fiery furnace. Sometimes fathers and sons don't get along so well. It happens, right? It, it happens. So, but like, okay, you don't choose the family you're born into. Bless you. But sometimes you have to try to make the best version of yourself no matter who your parents are. So how incredible is it that like you have an opinion the Gemara over here, Rav Mari, the son of Rachel. That's how he's known. So first of all, again, his entire like, his entire like family story is like broadcasted, which, which, is, which is fascinating by itself. For the simple idea that there's nothing to be embarrassed about over here, right? His mother, his mother was taken captive, but yet with all of this, obviously she was an incredibly remarkable woman because she raised a son who became a giant in Torah, which is fascinating. So this is a badge of honor. This is a badge of honor. No matter what your beginnings are, no matter who your family is, if you make a choice to actualize your greatness, Nothing stands in your way. It's incredible. So in any event, so Ramadan Ramari Brady Rabeshwala Rava. Tanan, we learned. So we learned before that in Mishnah that workers, laborers could reach Shema on the top of the tree on the top of the wall. Alma Lo Baikavana. Now boss, here's what's interesting. From the fact from the fact that Allah Lamaisa the Mishnah says that they can read on the top of the tree, on the top of the wall, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? That Shema doesn't require Kavana. Right? Because if it required Kavana, then what? Then what? They should have to come down. The fact that we let them go ahead and daven on the top of the tree, the top of the wall, indicates to us that Shema doesn't really require Kavana. But yet, or Minu, yet the Mara is the Kasha. Hakori libo. Yet again, I both say it explicitly says when a person daven Shema, they have to concentrate. They have to concentrate. Shema Amar, Shema Yisrael. The Pasuk says Shema Yisrael. Ula halanu omer, haskes u Shema Yisrael. 
Be attentive and hear, O Israel. Just over there, the Pasuk says, be attentive. You have to go ahead and be attentive. So says, you have a contradiction. So the Mishnah seems to indicate that you don't really have to have so much, or you don't have to have Kavana when you say Shema. That's why you could even say it in the tree, or you could even say it on top of the wall. Yet the Brisa says that you have to have Kavana when you say Shema. So which one is it? Does Shema require Kavana? Shema doesn't require Kavana. So Ishtik, he was silent. Tell me, do you have an answer to this? Yeah, you know what the case of Osa is? You could stay in the tree. You could stay in the tree. But what do you have to do? What do you have to do? You have to stop working. So in other words, even when the worker is staying in the tree, so what we say to the worker is like this, you don't, you don't come down from the tree, right? Get a, get a firm enough footing inside of the tree itself, but when you're in the tree, stop working. Stop working. If you stop working, therefore what? You can be attentive to Shema. Shabbos say, what comes out is, you have to have Kavana when you say Shema. Now we'll discuss how much Kavana you have to have and for what parts of Shema you have to have Kavana. We've already kind of made reference to that. But the idea is over here, don't think that because the worker doesn't have to come down from the tree or come down from the wall that he doesn't have to have Kavana. That's not true. He has to have Kavana. Aye, but you're letting him stay in the tree. We're letting him stay in the tree because you don't want him to waste time on the job coming down and going back up. But when he stays in the tree, for those moments that he's saying Shema, he has to stop doing work, stop being distracted, and fully focus on the Shema at hand. Incredible. But we learned, Beisila Omrim Oskin Bimalachton Vikorin Vikorin. Aye, but Beisila said, but one second, Beisila says explicitly that if a worker is working and it's time to say Shema, he could continue his work and at the same time say Shema. So it sounds like you could say Shema even while doing something else, which makes it sound like that Shema doesn't require explicit Kabbalah. Lokashia, Habe Perek Rishon, Habe Perek Sheni. And both say, here we go. So the Gemara says, you're right. You're right. Not Remember, Shema is comprised of three paragraphs. Three paragraphs. Not all of those three paragraphs are treated the same. When do we say that ultimately, again, that you have to go ahead and have explicit kavana for Shema, that's ultimately again for Shema and really via Hafta. Shema and via Hafta, right? So again, but then for Vahayayim Shamoah or for Vayomer, that you have to pay attention, but you could even be doing other stuff along with Shema as well. So I will say, so therefore, if we kind of pull this all together, what we have over here is as follows. Where we are right now is the Mishnah is telling me, I'm a laborer, right? I'm in the middle of my work, it's time for Shema. So I'm in the trees. So first of all, the Mishnah says, don't come down from the trees. Why not? I'm on the clock. I'm on the clock, but again, but now we can put this all together. So what do I do? Say Shema in the tree, right? But when I'm saying Shema in the tree, what do I have to do? For Shema Yisrael and via Hafta, Stop doing work. Focus yourself ultimately again on saying of the Shema. And then for Vayam Shema and Vayomer, then ultimately again you could continue to work and say Shema at the same time. Shmona Esrei is going to be different. What do I have to do by Shmona Esrei? What's the halacha? What's the halacha? You have to come down, right? Because Shmona Esrei requires Kavana. Unless, of course, what? You're the Balabas. Right? Unless you're the Balabas, unless you're the boss. If you're the boss, then ultimately, again, you come down regardless because, again, you are in charge of your own time. We'll stop over here for tonight. Again, we're not, we're not finished with this sugya. There's still more to do with this. Very exciting stuff. And the boss, I, we see over here, you know, I, I always think like that, that these Gimaras, you know, we think that like multitasking 
is a new challenge, right? It's a new challenge. It's not, right? People are always distracted. So it used to be they were distracted, you know, by dates, you know, picking dates. So today I have Twitter, you know, whatever. Like, like you know, every distraction is just the nature of the human condition. What you begin to see is really to have a meaningful spiritual experience. One is to be able to fully devote themselves to the spiritual matter at hand, at least for some amount of time. All right, so we'll stop over here for tonight. We'll say just a moment again tomorrow night. Sheer is at 7.40, 7.40 p.m., followed by Hasid. This is Samir Tzashem, Rosh Hashem Goyach.